It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From NJ.com and the Star Ledger, welcome to the Rutgers Rant, your one-stop podcast for the Scarlet Knights. With your host, Steve Politi and Rutgers Insiders, Keith Sargent and James Cratch. Let's start shopping. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Rutgers Rant. Steve Politi here. Cratch Sarge, as always. I got to tell you guys, if you know what to expect from this team on a week-to-week basis, congratulations, because I, I have lost the script here to this season. It's hard to fathom that the team we saw in Piscataway getting its doors blown off by Wisconsin then went to Indiana and had its, by far, its most convincing Big Ten victory. I mean, it's not even close if you look at the numbers. Um, it's just amazing. I, I get it. Believe me, I understand. Wisconsin, better than it, a little bit better than Indiana. I get it. Uh, but this was an entirely different team, fellas. I mean, you know, it's six turnovers, uh, taking advantage of your opportunities, creativity on offense. It was really an impressive performance, and especially given what happened the week before Cratch, for that team to bounce back the way it did, that's a credit to the coaches. No doubt. And not only that, but to bounce back when the, all three of your starting linebackers are out. Like, how, what, how many times in history does that even happen, that you lose all three of your linebackers and then go win by 35? points on the road just a, a tremendous effort for Rutgers I think you kind of saw the value of what they can do when they play from ahead when they can kind of dictate how they wanted to, you know the game to unfold Indiana's bad I, I was really surprised they were like worse than I thought they were going to be um, but that's really good news for Rutgers because as I said many times before step one on the road to Pasadena for the Scarlet Knights is to be better than the Indiana Hoosiers they're clearly they're clearly there Sarge by a long long way what impressed you the most from this one from your vantage point I mean, just the, the turnovers are, you know, the two of them were fluky. Um, you know, the you know, McCulley, you know, just uh, fumbled the, the handoff. I mean, you, they're opportunistic. But what probably uh, impressed me the most uh, and is, you know, the, how efficient they were on offense. I mean, the numbers were not pretty, but, you know, they, they you know, Noah Vedra, I asked him after the game and he said, yeah, our, our, uh, the whole emphasis was basically to uh, do our best to, to put the ball in the end zone. But also he conceded, like, just don't get the ball away. That was the type of game. I mean, it was cold. It was dreary. It was windy. The type of game, the only way at Rutgers was going to lose that game at that point was if they're going to throw the ball over the field and commit turnovers. Uh, Noah Vedral, we've talked about before. You know, there's been a few games where, where he's been a little bit of turnover prone, for, but for the most part, once they started getting those turnovers, you know, on defense um, that you had a quarterback that you could trust was not going to give the ball away. 
Right, right. And you, you, like, you love the game that Sean Gleason called. Uh, Pacheco, you know, he looked like the workhorse back. We thought he was going to be. He wasn't always pretty, but game, you know, had a really solid game. And then, you know, the little bit of razzle-dazzle. Throw, you know, that, get, 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 get Raquan O'Neal the ball. Get him involved. Get him in the end zone. He's, he's a weapon. Uh, it was impressive to see. And, and they took the lead. And then I, what I liked about it, they finished this one. I mean, you know, it could have been, a, could have been an instance where Indiana would have scored late in the game could have cut this margin into it but then they had you know guys walk-ons like Joe Lasardi safety from walk-on safety from summit coming up and playing making a big play near the end uh crash there was there were a lot of things defensively I liked do we I mean is that linebacker combination the best answer for this team you know it's a good question because I think that we've seen this year sometimes that um definitely fog oh three to some point like those are they're like old school thumpers and the game is kind of going away from that and you know you need those guys to defend uh, Illinois or you need those guys to defend a uh, Wisconsin although Rutgers didn't do much defending against Wisconsin but when you get a matchup like Indiana where they're going to try to spread you out they're going to try to attack the angles you need a guy like Tyrene Powell who's dynamic who can make plays in space I thought Drew Singleton played extremely well I think Drew Singleton's a guy who I think a lot of fans had unrealistic expectations for him when he transferred in based on, you know, his recruiting stars he had and everything when he went to Michigan. Uh, But he's turned to a really valuable, you know, serviceable linebacker that can step in in a pinch as we saw him on Saturday. Uh, It was a good look for them. I mean, I think the 4-2-5 look is something they've done a lot of this year. I think it's something that they have the personnel for. All right. So the – the, the major takeaway, of course, the thing that midway through the first quarter when I saw that was this way was this game was going, I tweeted, this has a Christmas in Detroit kind of feel to it, this first quarter. Bowl games, guys, uh, you know, <laughs> it certainly looks like there'll be a ticket punched for uh, some December trip. Cratch, you have now broken it down in every way imaginable here. You've looked at all of the options. Um, give me your most likely scenario and give me uh, give me a scenario the fans aren't talking about now. So most likely scenario I would say is pinstripe bowl or quick lane bowl. Um, I think pinstripe bowl is more likely. Here's why: uh, the Big Ten has nine bowl tie-ins, counting the Rose Bowl. Now, obviously, if Ohio State wins the Big Ten title, wins out, they're probably going to go to the playoff. Uh, The Big Ten would then send their second team to the Rose Bowl. Right now, it's a coin toss between Michigan State and Michigan. The way the league is – the way the nation landscape – national landscape is kind of shaping up, I think there's a very good chance the Big Ten sends a third team to the New Year's Six. So the Peach Bowl or the Fiesta Bowl. That happens. I think right now it would probably be Michigan and Michigan State would go. I think Wisconsin has an outside shot to sneak in um, potentially uh, if they win out and play really well against Ohio State. Uh, Iowa, not as much, but Iowa is 8-2. and two. So if they're 10-2 and two and then they're 10-3 and three and they put themselves well in the Big Ten title game, maybe they have a chance to sneak in there too, depending on if Michigan or Michigan State trips up somewhere else in addition to the Michigan-Ohio Michigan, uh, Michigan State game. Uh, but you, if you're a Rutgers fan, you want that because if you get three teams in the New Year's six, everybody else in the Big Ten is going to move up a spot. And then the quick lane bowl is at the bottom, so you're going to avoid Detroit. But 
the downside to that is for some Rutgers fans is you're pretty much going to be locked into the pinstripe bowl. Maybe the guaranteed rate bowl in Phoenix, which used to be the insight bowl. Obviously when Rutgers went 05. That is also a possibility. The one thing that I don't think people are really kind of paying attention to, I think we'll discuss this later in true and false is the whole idea of Rutgers being five and seven and going to a bowl game is very, very real based on all the numbers I've crunched around the country. The details of how that happens this year are a little hazy. Post-COVID, a lot of th- there's a, lot, a couple of moving pieces, but I do think there's a possibility that Rutgers has already clinched the bowl bid uh, as we sit here now at 5-5. Five and five. I got to tell you, sir, as having done the pinstripe bowl a couple of times, uh, I don't think that's a bad option for this team no. right now. I mean, you get a good opponent, you get it close to home, you get a full state. I think fans are going to travel that game without question. Uh, I mean, I think that's, you know, I know, it's, again, it, Bronx in December is not, not anyone's favorite thing, but you've been to that bowl a couple of times. It, it, you could do a lot worse considering where this program is right now. Yeah, it was stale in 2011. I mean, can you imagine back then, like, fans were, like, kind of just tired of, of you know, the, the mid-tier, so-called mid-tier bowls. And in 2011, you know, you know they, they went. And then 2013, you know, two, two out of three years, and fans were just, like, kind of, ah, oh, ho-hum. Um, also keep in mind, they also had played uh, Army in the regular season, you know, you know, there. So they had played at Yankee Stadium three times. It wasn't new. But now – Think about it. It's been, you know, not since 2013 when when, when they played there. Um, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, in, in this day of age with, with the economy the way it is, and, you know, and, and the, you know, let's face it. I mean, I, I don't think they would get more than 5,000, 6,000 fans traveling to uh, the Phoenix. It's oh, not that. 2005 yeah. like, like, like it was. Or, or quickly, they might get 3,000, 4,000 fans. So, you know, you'll get a good crowd. Uh, you'll you'll be able to. to it's, it's all, all Greg Schiano cares about at this point is to you know get those fifteen practices or so and be able to kind of develop his team and then you know be able to to, to market it. So I mean I think you know the program would be happy and and certainly the fans I think would be satisfied as well. All right, lots to dive into here with this. Uh, let's go right to true or false. What do you say, fellas? You know how it works. Uh, I've only got a few topics, but one of them we were to discuss at length. This. Cratch hinted at, so let's go. True or false, Keontae Hamilton is the next great defensive lineman for Rutgers. Cratch, true or false? True. I think Keontae Hamilton might be the next great Rutgers, like, athletic superstar. Right. <laughs> Sorry, it's true or false. I mean, Greg Schiano is, like, putting him in the College Football Hall of Fame <laughs> is, is every single time he talks about him. I mean – it's like, you know, he's stopping short of saying, hey, Scott, you know, make, make plans at heavyweight. Well, that's what it is. That's where it's going. Like, Cratch is still holding on hope that this kid's going to be wrestling. <laughs> hey, hey, look, <laughs> look, here's the thing. That's I have over. Talked, I have talk- over. No, no. Like, I have talked to so many people on the record, behind the scenes. Everyone is saying right now, look, I'm, I have, I'm skeptical too. Over. Everyone is saying right now he is going to be on the mat a week after football we're, season. We're, we're, breaking now, the, we're breaking the true false rule. He'll, no, he'll wrestle this year. Um, it'll be great great headlines. But, you know, coaches are so particular about spring football. I saw it with Juwan Harris, with, with, with Chris Ash. You know, they, 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 they want him there for football, for spring football. If he's as good as Greg Schiano is saying, and we have all the evidence in the world, the fact that he's playing, you know, he, this is he, – he, I my thinking is it's going to be one and done. Greg, Greg is going to dive into the – go in, the, in sport track and get, and get the contracts for the top, you know, 10 paid defensive ends in the NFL and go, oh, Kathy, you want to wrestle? Or 
let's let's look what uh, some of these guys are making on the next level, and that's going to be it. But no, but I I believe he will wrestle this year, but it's hard to imagine after that. All right, All right. Uh, true or false? Gavin Wimsat isn't playing nearly enough. Correct. True or false? We should see more Wimsat. True. I was a little confused with the uh, the utilization of Gavin at Indiana. Sarge, true or false? I was absolutely confused, but yeah, yeah, in that type of game, you cannot have turnovers. And if you know, in that game, uh, you know, I was confused by when they put him in, but he should not have been playing over Noah Vedral in that game. No, I, I agree with that, but also I I say true as well. I would have liked to see him a little sooner. Uh, true or false? Rutgers' best offensive weapon. Raekwon O'Neal got the two plays called for him, two touchdowns, five and a half yards per average. And that's not even counting the over-the-head lateral that he threw last season on the uh, kitchen sink play at the end of the game. Cratch, do we need to get more Raekwon Hamilton into this offense? Is that what we're missing? Raekwon O'Neal, uh, you know what? I will say true. Like, he is – he's very nimble and – you know, I, obviously you can't do too much of this stuff, but I was thinking there probably are a couple more creative ways they could utilize him. You know, they could put him in the backfield on short yards. I, I'd love to see them put him in the backfield with Johnny Langan uh, on a fourth and one. That would be kind of interesting to see, you know, if he was a up back or something like that. So I'll say true. Man, Sorry. I- we are breaking the true false rule. Um, this starting to actually sound like card sharks, where where you you give the answer and then give a long oh ex- winded explanation. Don't um, tease me with card what... sharks, Sarge. Don't tease me with card sharks. <laughs> the answer is put true. it out right now. The answer is true. Put him at tight end is the answer. <laughs> and we we asked one hundred sports writers should should they move Raekwon O'Neal to tight end. I'm going to go with 37 sports. That's a card sharks reference. I'm really going to get a lot. There's a lot of listeners over that. All right. Uh, true or false? Rutgers will go bowling at five and seven. Cratch, true or false? True. Oh, my God. Sarge, true or false? Oh, man, uh, Gracie Allen's going to hate you for, for this, Cratch, because, you know, you know the answer is true, but he's going to hate you for bringing it up. Oh, my God. i got to go false just on principle there. All right. Next one. True or false? Rutgers should turn down a bowl bid at five and seven. Cratch, true or false? False. It's a TV show. Just have fun. Oh, Sarge? False. You need to do uh, development that, you know, the, the, for the young kids and, and, and you know, just the exposure. False. <laughs> I'm going to say false only because, as we're going to discuss in a minute, there are some good locations here. So I'm going to say false for that purpose only. But five and seven teams should not be in bowls. All right. True or false? It's not too early to seriously worry about the Rutgers basketball team. Cratch, you worry? True or false? False. I'm not worried. Sarge, true or false? False. All right. I'm going to say true just for the sake of discussion, and we'll dive into that. But first, I want to go to the bowling situation. All right. So Jerry, so Jerry Palm had Rutgers at five and seven at a bowl game. The Cure Bowl, in t- which I had not heard of, until that very moment in Tampa on December 17th. So Orlando, Orlando. Orlando? Is it Orlando? Okay, Orlando, Orlando. better. Get the whole family down there, do a couple of days at Disney World. Um, give me the five and seven scenario, Cratch. Why is this as likely as you think it is? So there's 41 bowl games this year, counting the two national semifinals. That means there's 82 bowl spots. We've got 60 teams that are bowl eligible now. I went through the entire country last night. I could only come up with 14 more teams that I am, you know, guaranteed, I think, to be bowl eligible. 
So that's, I mean, even if you have a couple of upsets, you're still talking about like, you know, six to eight, potentially you know, four to eight open spots where they're going to have to take a five and seven team. And in the past, it's gone in pecking order by APR score. If you go to the APR scores, they haven't published APR scores since 2018-19. 19-20 never got published because of the pandemic. And then the NCAA announced this kind of two-year moratorium on making the scores available publicly or using them because they want to kind of evaluate how they might evolve APR moving forward. So in that sense, Rutgers would be in that group. Their APR score wasn't great in 18-19, but it was high enough up the board because you have to – you kind of have to count out, you know, okay, what, what teams are going to be five and seven. Also remember that the PAC 12 does not allow their five and seven teams to go to a bowl game. So you got to take the PAC 12, you know, like if uh, off the top of my head, like Washington state might be ahead of Rutgers in the APR, but if even they go five and seven, they're not going to be able to go to one stuff like that. So, yeah, I think there's, you were definitely going to have five and seven teams in bowls. I think Rutgers would be high up on the board where it gets interesting is if Rutgers is five and seven and they go to a bowl game. They could go to a big 10 contracted bowl. Like they could go to the pinstripe bowl or go to the quick lane bowl. Uh, Or they could end up being like this filling any holes you have. And in some situations that means going to a far flung bowl. That's kind of early in the year and supposed to be for like a group of five. So Jerry Palm had them in the cure bowl, the Bahamas bowl on December 17th could be an option. You know, you, (laughs) you know, you could, Hello. All of these games could be, you know, the other thing too, to get back to the five and seven talk is it's entirely possible, not realistic, that Rutgers finishes six and six, beats Maryland, or they beat, you know, what they split the next two games. Illinois is four and six. They play Northwestern at the end of the year. Illinois beats Northwestern. They're five and seven. They get a bowl bid. But since Illinois beat Rutgers, the Big Ten could then likely give Illinois preference in the bowl selection process, even though they have a worse record than Rutgers because they won the head to head game. So that could also become a a factor where like a team like Rutgers could be in position to go to the guaranteed rate bowl, but they get pushed down to the pinstripe or the quick lane because Illinois is five and seven and jumps them. Check me if I'm wrong. Didn't Rutgers beat Illinois? I know it's been, it's been a few weeks, but Oh man. I, I'm sorry. You know what? I can't listen. I meant Northwestern. I meant Northwestern. Northwestern. I'm sorry. Well, I, 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 meant, I, knew, I knew what you meant. Yeah. I yeah, meant yeah. Northwestern. Yeah. I meant, Oh my God. Yeah. Poorly produced by me. Um, right. I don't, I don't have the energy to edit that out. Yeah. That's what I meant. Northwestern, Northwestern. Right. And look, it'd be difficult. I think they had to beat Iowa this week. Uh, and they have to beat Illinois in the season finale, yeah. but if Northwestern were to get to five and seven, they could potentially All move. Right. That's a lot of crazy. One of you guys should just be great. This would be a great way to start off the press conference today. One of you guys should sneak in there. And uh, Greg, have you considered going to a bowl of five and seven? We'll see what Chiano says. That would be hilarious. Um, but Sarge, I mean, do you think they do you think they would? I mean, would there be a debate inside the athletic department to accept one of five and seven, or are they like go? Oh, we're going. No. Um, so th- th- there was some debate over last year at three and six. If you remember, they were letting everyone go to bowl games le- le- right. le- last year. So basically, uh, there was you know some debate. You know, if, if Rutgers was to be offered, you know, would they have accepted one? 
Um, last year was different. Uh, uh, everyone was on fumes last year, you know, with the COVID year. So they, yeah, they, yes. they, they were not going to accept a bull bid at, at three and six. They just wanted the season. And this is different now, you know, five and seven, you know, I think the, you know, inside the program, they would be like, well, a, you're getting all that developmental practice, not for the seniors at that point, but for all those true freshmen and, and, yep. and sophomores, Gavin Wimsat. So you're getting all those – it's like an extra spring practice is what Greg Shiano always calls that. So, obviously, he's going to want that. And then, obviously, you look, I mean, if there's other five and seven teams doing it, you could justify and say, hey, you know, we, you know, we did enough and, and, you know, we improved and, and absolutely. And to be able to, you know, get off the schneid and, and, and uh, snap that bull streak. Remember, guys, Oregon State, Rutgers, and Kansas are the three pro- uh, power five programs with the longest bull trounce, which is hard to believe. But um, so I think they're going to want to uh, get back there. Year two in Graciano, uh, I mean, <laughs> a bowl game would be an achievement. The one, like, kind of negative, I think, to the five and seven path, like, while I would love to go to Disney, you know, with everyone and go to the Cure Bowl, that game's on December 17th. Rutgers might not get invited to it until December 4th. At that point, yeah. you're not really getting much bang for your buck in terms of development. So I could see that. I could see there being a conversation about that just because, you know, what's the point? You know, also last year, remember, the big issue was the team was just so physically beaten up. Like it was, you know, such a quick turnaround. But if you go to a bowl that's December 28th, 29th, 30th, whatever, 27th, you've got time to kind of get your practices in and heal up a little bit. You know, for me, I think this is really simple. All right. Five and seven, Detroit. Two days after Christmas, that is just a travesty that she shouldn't do. Five and seven Bahamas the week before Christmas. I don't. I think that's definitely like I saw. It's just a TV show, right, Sarge? They should absolutely accept Bahamas, Orlando, Las Vegas. I mean, absolutely. The the, the only the only question is like you know how many of of, of the NJ.com reporters are we going to send? Are we going to send our Giants? Jets beat reporters or Yankees. I mean, our, our editors are going to are going to go. I mean, it's going to be a complete. You know, everyone's going to get on. You know, on, on yeah. board and, and have to cover that. So, mm-hmm. you know, Rutgers is going to get a ton of uh, uh, press in, from NJ.com. Yeah, I heard something bad about your passport. That's all I'm going to say. If your passport's not ready, that's a shame, Sarge. Should have taken care Here, of that. Let's, let's just run through some of the bowls. You know, if there was a surprise <laughs> one, Bahamas. We here we discussed Boca Raton Bowl. Not bad. Okay, uh, in. Yes, New Mexico, New Mexico Bowl, like yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've never been to. That's one of four states I've never been to. Thumbs up, New Mexico Bowl. Yes. Independence Bowl, no thanks. Like no, like when I when I was in South Carolina, like they used to like threaten schools in the SEC, like oh, you you, you want to cheat? Well, we're gonna make sure you go to the Independence yeah, Bowl sometime. When it was the Poulan Weed Eater Independence Bowl, yeah. I would have might have said yes to that, but now I can't. I can't in good conscience. The Lending Tree Bowl in, at Lad People Stadium in Mobile, Alabama, like that's. Just, Ooh. No, hard no. Hard It'd be no. fun to go to the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, but I don't think Rutgers could get in there. Myrtle Beach Bowl, you're probably paying Coastal Carolina in their own stadium. That would be a <laughs> Still, still. Wow, what is the what, – what, this could be chilly in December in Myrtle Beach. Yeah. Guessing, right? yeah. Famous oh. Idaho Potato Bowl in Boise. You know, can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean – You need a passport to get in this, to, to Idaho, Sarge? Can you get to that one? I think I <laughs> – I've never been to Idaho, though. The crazy thing is they're still playing the Hawaii Bowl in Hawaii this year, which surprised me. What is the Hawaii Bowl tie-in? Who who are they? Uh, I think it's like a – 
It might be like a Pac-12, Pac-12 yeah, ACC. Mountain, no, I think it might be like a Mountain West, like a Mountain That's West uh, Conference USA or something. Uh, Hawaii, I think, is four and seven. So if they win their last two games, I think that they'll they'll. I think Hawaii, if they're six and seven, they get to go. They have like an automatic waiver to go to a bowl game, and then they just play in the Hawaii Bowl because hey, okay. that's like fifty percent of the problems f- figured out like that. All right. Okay. Well, again, eighty percent of those locations sound pretty good to me at five and seven. So let's 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 book that. Uh, all right. So it's shifting gears to basketball. Uh, needed overtime to slay mighty Lehigh. Only forty-eight points against a Merrimack. I, I mean. We were there, Sarge, for, for the opener against Lehigh. You could you construct it off against, you know, um, first time in front of a crowd. Just just one of those games, things don't break your way. Missed a lot of shots. Uh, overall, though, I will say that there were some things that concerned me. This is still a poor shooting team. Um, Paul Mulcahy at the point guard wasn't the big, you know, team sharing chemistry thing I thought it was going to be. Uh, and they're playing down to the level of their competition, which is never a good sign. So why are you not concerned? I, I the the opener they had like you said so many open shots and those shots are going to fall. I thought maybe jitters first time playing in, in front of the, the rack crowd in a year and a half. Um, I thought that might have been, been been an issue. Now the Murray Macking, which we were not there, obviously we read all the coverage and you know you, you could just look at the box score. They were trailing at halftime. They had sixteen points at halftime. So you know that was a, a rock fight against a, a you know a team that shouldn't be a rock fight against. So. That concerned me a little bit uh, more than than the opener. I guess if there's, you know, if you're really going to break down the, the the issues with this team right now, I think, um, you know, Cliff, you know, he's played really well. Still a a walking foul magnet, and you know that that that's going to be an issue because I don't know if they have a lot of depth back there. I also don't know if they have a point guard or like you know, which is a playmaker. All the things that we talked about with Jacob Young being able to kind of, you know, um, you know last five seconds on the shot clock and, and, and make something happen. I don't know if we have, if they have, they don't, that. So, they don't have that. Um, yeah. No, that, that, that would be the, the, the issue where you, you know, having a, a guard who can actually break things down, you know, you know, when, when the shot clocks, when all hell is breaking loose, I think that is going to be something to keep an eye on. All right, guys. Great job on true or false uh, card shark style. I love it. Maybe we should stick with that format. All right, insider questions. Thanks everyone for subscribing to Workers Insider, uh, the tech service. We've enjoyed the interaction and your questions are great. All right, so this is a good one from David. Uh, the excitement meter is starting to rise in the football season. Here's the question Assuming Rutgers is unable to pull off the signature win in State College, what do you guys expect will be the line for the Maryland game? We will still likely be underdogs to the Terps, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I home game and Garcus hasn't played well at home. I'm thinking that's that's that might be a pick 'em crash. What, what, what are you putting on the line? On I would, one? I would think so. Probably a pick 'em, you know. Yeah. I think Mar- Maryland's three gonna, points, you know, Maryland's kind of in their annual swoon, so yeah, I think that would be a pick 'em. Who does Maryland have next weekend? Uh, Michigan. Okay, so they will this, this is likely to be five and six versus five and six. That's yeah, this it. is likely to be, you know. Bowl before the bowl. That's what. Bowl before the bowl. All right. Before the bowl. All right. Here's one from K Fine. Do you guys see? Do you see K Fine out there in Indiana? We did not see him, but I guess he saw us. He had like a photo. Like I guess he was sitting under the press box, and he got an angle of us. Yeah. Big time K Fine. You couldn't walk down. Couldn't take that elevator, the 1912 elevator in Indiana. Go say hi to Kevin. Well, okay. All right. That's fine. Here's this question: If you were able to add only one four-star immediate impact player on this team. Right now, 
someone who can come in, plug in, play right where do I play well, what position would you add? I love this question. It's a good one. I love the question. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's so many, so many different possibilities. I mean, the easy one is left tackle. What are you going to say, Sarge? Uh, running back. Uh, running back? They're going to more than likely lose Pacheco. So, um, oh, know, I, think he, I think he meant for this team right now. Okay. Oh, right now. Yeah, that's what I got. Maybe, I mean, I can see the future. All right, running back for the future. But what about right now, next week? Yeah, got to go to the offensive line. Probably uh, <laughs> probably one of those guard spots because that's where they've been uh, mixing a match. I know it's not sexy to say, oh, you got to you know, force, but it's going to help. So, yeah, I, I would say uh, one of those guard spots. Give me a game-wrecking defensive end pass right yeah. there. Yeah. That's what you need. You need a guy who just can't be blocked, who blows up game plans, who's a strip sack machine. Yeah, no, that that, that that's hard to argue. With they that. haven't had that in a long time. No. Uh, you know, maybe Westerman was the last one. How many of those in college? Tiloka Teray, Teray during during that one year probably would be the last one. All right, here's a good one. A big picture question: Does Rutgers need to win another game to show progress versus last year? They had three last year, and putting aside Temple and Delaware, they have three this year. You know, I was thinking about that. It kind of hinted that in my column, I thought five, five wins for me was the level that Greg Shannon could sell to recruits and put out there and say, hey, look, you know, we, we took a step forward. Not a big step forward, but certainly a step forward. They're there now. So I think these next two for me are gravy. Uh, do you guys disagree that, that they need more to do more? I think I agree with you that it's gravy. I The one thing – in terms of perception, I do wonder about is, and I was, t- Sarge, I think I said this to Sarge when we were driving back from uh, Bloomington uh, the other day. The, wor- the most basically- boring drive ever. Well, no, uh, Illinois' oh, most boring drive, but that, that Bloomington. Wait, wait, how about ne- next no, week's I, drive? I, I, Come on. <laughs> They're all bad. No, They're here's bad. the thing, like, there, there are some, like, there was some crick, wicked turns. It was, it was rough. Dark that were not, it was rough. Uh, we basically, like, I was stone Sarge. I gave them the Maryland win easier than I gave them the Delaware win in the preseason. Yeah, wow. And I'm just wondering if we've just written Maryland, that's a win, that's a win, that's a win, no doubt in anyone's mind. And I, I get why all the reasons why. Last year they won. They're much better coached, everything. But Maryland's got speed. <laughs> and I just wonder if we're going to get to – the season finale and we're like oh that's right like maryland's got a bunch of fast guys that Rutgers really can't hold up right. with defensively and the whole and thing they've got a quarterback there i yeah. think that would they've be got a good... they got a quarterback so i think that's the thing you know and we have to remember last year the quarterback didn't play and the best defensive player didn't play because of covid so that's the one thing i will say is that i think five wins is more than enough they've shown progress but if they're five and seven and there's a deflating loss to maryland at the end that could be a little bit tricky. Nothing they can't overcome, but it would it would put a little bit of a stain on the whole. Uh, Aren't you agree? Yeah, I mean, uh, I can't wait to read your columns post game after you know if they were to lose those two games and give us a thirty thousand feet. Like, ah, you know, it was gravy. Yeah. Uh. You're not going to be looking. You know, they had the opportunity. This is the reason why Greg Schiano. You know, if 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 he had his brothers. None of us would write or talk about it until after the season. That's the reason why he's like, yeah, let's right. Uh, right. Uh, you know, write the script at the end of the year. Well, that's not what we do. We write it in real time. They're five yes. and five now. You have the opportunity to cement that rubber, the stamp. Had that Cincinnati 2005 moment where, you know, you, you clinched the bowl. You had the, the bowl reps with the orange jackets, you know, in, in, in attendance ready to, to congratulate them. You know, you have that now. So, 
you know, if they lose the next two games, even if the, the, the crash five and seven scenario, which is what we're going to call it going forward, the crash five and seven, uh, even <laughs> if that does come to fruition, there's going to be some, some uh, you know, some disappointment. Cratch five and seven. I love it. Uh, all right. Uh, we have some recruiting and a transfer portal questions. One insider wants to know, do you foresee Shiano hitting transfer portal hard this offseason? And another one wanted an update if we'd have any news on the 2022 class and if playing in a bowl game might have a significant impact on that. I mean, I guess it might. I could because they would obviously most of them would sign before the bowl game cratch. Uh, that in the portal. What do you think? Um, I think it could have an impact, but I, I, t- I tend to think that the and nowadays, like these big tentpole things that used to be huge, going to a bowl game, springing a big upset, maybe don't have as much juice, you know, with recruits as they used to. As for the transfer portal, I think they're going to be active and, you know, they're going to try to get guys out of the portal. But I, I really, and I have to write this at some point in the next few weeks, I think fans need to be cautious with expecting the transfer portal. I don't think Rutgers can transfer portal its way to Big Ten prominence. I think this season is proof enough. Great transfer portal class in 2020. 2021 transfer portal class really hasn't done much of anything. I know there's been some injuries there, but Ifan Maj has been a really good defensive tackle, but Josh Youngblood hasn't made much of an impact. Um, who else am I forgetting, Sarge? You know, Braswell obviously being out for the season. Um, you know, they've gotten a little bit out of, of David the Nabugu. I think I got that right. The uh, the Temple transfer on the offensive line. He's a little bit of a project. So, look, the transfer portal, it's NFL free agency. It's B-plus players getting A-plus destinations. It's always going to be hard to get guys out there. And for the most part, you, every once in a while, you're going to have a Justin Fields, but these guys are in the portal for a reason. It's because they couldn't play at the place they're coming from. Yeah, and if they yeah. could play at a lower-level school, they're going to Alabama or Ohio State. The, the bigger question for me is keeping them, keeping them from going in the transfer that, portal. That's Sorry. good. But also the uh, thing is, you know, like, he's had – this will be – one and three quarters. I, I won't uh, say this first recruiting class was all his, but you know he had an impact on that. And then uh, this recruiting class, so he'll have time to actually say, "Well, these are my my, my players," and and you know that that you know he's going to have some development um, time. So I don't think he's going to go all, all all you know you know crazy in the transfer portal. But like Crash said, I think we could see like an offensive lineman, maybe a defensive lineman. Um, we could see that every year probably. All right, this is a, I'm going to call this a Diane question. I love our Diane questions because she always picks something from the game that I was asking myself and do not know the answer to. I'll see if you do. Uh, you guys have an explanation for the delay of the game penalty we received on the fourth down punt, a fourth quarter punt, I think she meant. Uh, the TV announcers mentioned it was partially due to the ref being in the way while the play clock was still counting down. If true, how can that be allowed? Okay, I mean, that's, uh, I, I don't know if you guys noticed it. You were probably typing furiously. Uh, the Big Ten telecast, if you're not aware, was an absolute cluster. You know what? They basically lost the feed for most of the second quarter. It was terrible. So I don't know if those guys were wrong. But, I mean, do you, do you know what we're talking about here? Vaguely. But I, it wasn't something, honestly, Diana, it didn't cross my radar in the building. Uh, I apologize for that. I'm sure the official was in the way, but, you know, uh, officials have stunk since – 1869. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sure they got pissed off at whoever was refereeing that game, too. Yeah, I mean, uh, when I talked to Graham Gano, you know, his, his, his distant cousin who, who played in that game. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, shameless plug, by the way, for one of my stories last week. Um, yeah, he even said, like, the referees were terrible in that 1869 game, according to his distant cousin. It's just awful. 
<laughs> all right. Well, another question that we can't answer for Diane. Great job. Um, all right. Fog. I see anything more. Finally, Alex from Marlboro asked a question. I was wondering, Rutgers Nation has waited three years for the basketball offense to run through Paul Mulcahy. I know it's only been two games, but do you think the offense will go back to circulating through Geo? I mean, I, I know where you're coming from, Alex. I don't, though. I think they're committed to this. They like Geo off the ball. Uh, they want him to be able to, uh, you know, take, take, take that role. Do you agree? Sorry that this that this route that they're going to stick with Paul Mulcahy now in that role for the foreseeable future. They're, yeah, foreseeable future. Yes, the, 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 they want Paul Mulcahy to be the uh, the the truer or the true point guard. Um, you're going to see some you know when 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 between the three of them, Caleb and and Gio and Paul Mulcahy, all three of them will take turns. But for the most part, they want Paul Mulcahy Paul Mulcahy to be the guy. The problem I have with the, the, the opener, I did, I did not watch the Merrimack game, but the opener, I thought the offense was, hey, let's get, let's see if we can get Cliff an alley oop, and if not, oh, what are we doing here? I mean, it was really, it was really kind of, uh, it was really kind of shaky, and maybe the shooting was part of that. But Rutgers has not been a good shooting team for uh, the entirety of Steve Peichel's tenure, so that's a that's a concern for me. Uh, all right, the final comment: it's time to roast Cratch for being horrendous, both straight up and against the spread for football games, abysmal. That's it. If that's all the reader wants to say, I mean, Sarge, is it? I mean, we're bringing, bringing the high, bringing the heat. Is that, wow. is, that, is, that, is it time, do you think, Sarge? Is he right? Is this commenter right that it's time? I mean, if, if, if Brian Fonseca is, is joining us on the pod next week, we, we have the reason why, okay? I have been, I, I have just, I've not been good. No, you know, I no. think that I, I you know, self scouting evaluation. You know, I, there are sometimes where I think that too much information can be a problem. Yeah. Like going to this game, I picked Indiana because I knew I think they're really banged up on defense. Didn't yeah. mean anything, you know, like right. Right. that's the thing. So, yeah. And look, in your defense, I think Greg Ciano, we would have had him on the pod last week and we would have said, you know, what do you think, uh, Greg from Piscataway, you know, on, 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 on who's going to win this game? I think he would have picked Indiana to to to, to win outright and 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 to cover. So, in your defense, well, you were the only one, Sarge, to correctly pick the cover. All four of us uh, incorrectly picked Indiana to win. I got a, I got at least five emails. I mean, one, one email. I mean, I, lo- I love fans. Immediately, the game is over. Like the moment the game ends, there's an email. You guys need to apologize to Rutgers for your predictions. <laughs> apologize. I mean, can you? Uh, I mean, guys, we don't know who's – we can't predict the future. If we could predict the future, we would use it on something much more valuable than this. Uh, but you were the one that got it, at least got the uh, – you covered, you got yeah. the spread right, so we are tied for the lead, which means the Penn State – the Penn, this is an important one, Sarge. Penn State minus – what did you get, Cratch? Minus 18 and a half, 18? What is it? It's a lot of points. I think I saw minus 18. It is yeah. like – yeah. It's a lot right. of points. Too the many first, points, in my opinion. Give me the Nittany Lions preview. Uh, they look very ordinary. I mean, is that is that the case, or are they just playing good teams? Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, look, I, I think we've – I look back to 2018, 2019. When Penn State is not at optimal health at quarterback, whether their quarterback's starting quarterback's dinged up or they're playing their backup, they're not a great team. You know, I think that's one of the things that, from a you know outside perspective, James Franklin has not done a very good job of recruiting quarterback depth. Like he doesn't have a backup they can turn to and not miss a beat, which obviously is tough for a lot of teams. You know, I think they're just they're playing good teams. I think they're a little bit disinterested. I think the other thing too at Penn State is 
and it, we've seen this in past years, what they have nothing to play for. Right. You know, it's yeah. like you're going to the Outback Bowl. Like you're kind of locked in, you know, like, well, what's, what's the point? You know, once you lost Iowa and then you lost Illinois, like it's over, like show's over. Like you're not going to the DR six. You're not going to the playoff. You're not going to win the East. You're just kind of there playing you're out not the string. To, you're not going to Southern Cal's head coach. <laughs> you're not going to, yeah, exactly. You're not going to Southern Cal's head coach. You're not going to LSU. Although I will say, if Dan Mullen gets fired at Florida, I think that could be the bailout for James Franklin. Wow. Because, because okay. Florida, you know, they just – why not throw money at another guy that they'll fire in three years? Is that a better job, Florida over Penn State? Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah, me neither. Okay. I don't think it's a better job, but it's one of the few jobs that James Franklin can get out of Penn State. And, like, like if, if James Franklin had a press conference and said, you know, this is one of the, the two jobs I would leave for, this is a great job, like, I would think he's – not telling the truth, but at least like you could like with a straight face argue Florida is a better job. I don't think it is, but you know, like it's not like it's not like he's going to ball state and be like, this is a better job. Right. Right. Uh, all right. So minus 18, who wants to go first? You want to go first crash? You're talking, you said, yeah, I think Rutgers will, uh, will cover. Yeah, I'm not, no not going to pull the trigger on, on a, on a, on a historic upset win. Uh, yeah. I don't think, know if we're there yet. I mean, I did last year and I was qu- quickly proven wrong. Did you um, pick them last year? Wow. Okay. I picked, I, I was like as convinced as few things I've ever been in my life. I love when you get gonna convinced be, about something. It, 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 State. Yeah, it, it did work out so well. Um, yeah. I think they're going to cover, like, I think it's like a, if it's 18, like I could see this being a 30, you know, like a, 27 to 10 type game you know or 34 to 17 something like that i do think Rutgers will cover i think they'll play well i think penn state doesn't have much to play for they're disinterested they're banged up all that stuff um but i will say this like last year i think it was very obvious that Rutgers was doing everything it could to win that game including the two ill-fated fourth down you know decisions with the Langan package I'm intrigued to see if we get the same sort of we're throwing everything at them approach knowing that you got the Maryland game a week after with everything you know still there for you Sarge the the most impressive thing that, 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 that about their recent you know winning two of the last three is all along we've said that Rutgers needs to beat the teams they're supposed to beat right they're always going to be a long shot against Michigan you know against Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan State even, you know, they've been an upper, upper, upper echelon team. Penn State's, and you know, we've always said that traditionally. Beat the teams that you're supposed to be on the same level as. They lost at Northwestern, but, you know, Northwestern played in the Big Ten West, you know, uh, you know championship. They won the Big Ten West a year ago. They won at Indiana, and then they won at Illinois. Maryland is going to be another one that's going to be a toss-up. Can they win a game they're not supposed to win, right? And that's the one thing that they haven't done yet, right, um, you know, since Graciana took over. Drum roll? Can I get a drum roll? Uh, no. Every time I make sound effects, I get in trouble on the podcast. So They're going to win this game. They're going to win oh, it. Oh, boy. We just saw, and here's why. Okay? Oh, boy. Hey, oh, sound the alarm. Oh, I need a drum roll. I game. need an ambulance alarm here. I need the... <laughs> They're winning this game, guys. Folks, you know, mark it down. They're winning the game. We just saw, like, a month ago, you know, this upstart team, you know, you know, not supposed to – you know, Illinois just beat them a month ago. And I know I came out of this saying, well, you know, can Rutgers do this? And, and you know, we just haven't seen it since 1988. You know, a Rutgers team celebrating in that same fashion. 
this Penn State team is not, you know, they are, for whatever reason, there's something wrong. Rutgers is, you know, you know, you saw Greg Schiano talking about it in the post game. He never does that where he's looking ahead. There's always that 24-hour rule where, you know, he's not looking ahead. Yeah. He addressed it right point. away. Good point. They, they, they're winning this game, guys. Um, 2017 Rutgers, you want to score? 2017 Rutgers is going to be, you know, tough. They're, gonna, they're not going to out, you know, it's not going to be a shootout. Um, they're going to win the game. Wow. By the way, real quick, the look on Noah Vedrill's face in in, uh, in Bloomington when he was got asked about the ball and he gave the you know the the, the talking points answer it starts like no you know like if you go one and zero next week that <laughs> meshes with bowl eligibility and Noah has had this smile like you got us <laughs> like you're right but I gotta keep saying the talking points. Yep, he says like one and zero, one and zero. Well, when you go if you go one and zero, you do go to a ball game. So can you answer my question the way it was asked? Uh, I I wish I could feel as confident as you, Sarge. I just, that's why I say, they're just, Penn State is just so much better up front. This is the problem. This was a problem against Wisconsin. It was, wasn't like all these skills. They just got dominated on the two lines of scrimmage. And I, I just can't imagine that's not going to happen again. Mich- the Michigan game was close. All these games are close. Penn State's not very explosive. I don't know about the 18. I go back and forth on that. I might just make it, I might just go like, like a 24-3 type of game just, just to make it interesting for, for picking purposes because I know people are really, you know, are curious about how we're, gonna, how we're picking these games. I just well, can't see them pulling this one off. I mean, it's just, again, it's about the line of scrimmage, and they just will not be able to block Penn State up front. So, so folks, a, a little uh, inside baseball here, but, you know, about eight minutes ago in the Indiana game, we're, we're, we're talking, and, and uh, you know, I noted to Politi that now we're tied. Two, two weeks ago, uh, we're tied in his picks. And Politi, I think the, 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 the text that he said was, Sarge will F it up, and he'll pick Rutgers to beat Penn State. So here you go. Exactly. I could see it coming a mile away. You're the guy standing there. You're the guy. You had like a pile of chips on the roulette wheel. You were the guy like, I could win more money if I just – I'm going to put it all on black and see what happens. And that thing's coming up double zeros every time with you. All right. There, there's a reaction. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, you could be right, though. I wouldn't, it wouldn't really surprise we, me as much as you look, think. Look, I mean, I just think that the, the way they're playing, the, 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 you know, how, how Graciana's, you know, approaching it. And, again, we just saw a month ago this yeah. team that no one expected, you know, go – and Rutgers beat Illinois. So, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I know Crash forgot, you know, you know earlier when, where, where he said that Illinois beat Rutgers. But we were at that game, too, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Rutgers beat Illinois. So, yep. you know, I have re- reason for it. Again, I think it's going to be a rock fight. And, and we're, you know, we're going to, you know. Right. But, again, I think that, – that- that was a very, like, very sly, backhanded shot at me. I Sorry. That. I didn't forget. <laughs> I just got – there's a lot going on here, okay? We got, no. we got sports – you did, I know, and and you you know what you you you've literally been up for twenty four hours straight. Like yeah, uh, yeah you spent twenty five minutes trying to figure out if South Alabama is going to get to six and six. Or, and, okay, uh, good stuff. All right, what else, guys? We have uh, we've got bad news about the field hockey team. I was watching this game um, on the Big Ten Network feed, uh, and I, yeah, just a disappointing performance. I think they would be disappointed by it. I'm not going to pretend I know anything that was happening. I'm still very confused as to why they stop play all the time and just give the ball to the other team. Lost to Liberty, though. I mean, that's a bad loss, right, Cratch? We can't. If we're going to. I don't think it's no. It's not a. It's. I mean, look, it's not a good loss, obviously. But I wouldn't say it's not like, you know, the, 
it's Chaminade over Virginia here. You know, Liberty, uh, it plays in the Big East for field hockey as an affiliate member, and they were ninth in the RPI. Okay. Well, so this not was that bad, I guess. Probably, yeah. This was, this was like a reasonable, you know, should a big, should a big 10 team beat Liberty? Yes. Uh, but this was, you know, especially one, you know, it's ranked number one in the country. But this was a very, you know, normal, I think, elite eight matchup that you got. Uh, I agree with you. Like, it just seems to me like sometimes, like, the officials is like, oh, like this looks like it could be exciting or there could be action happening. Yeah. That's not right. Let's blow the whistle and send it the other way. Like I really feel like sometimes if it looks funny, just blow the whistle and right. the ball. Midway through the maybe midway through the second overtime, I was prepared to drive down to Piscataway and say, hey, Rutgers, I've got a suggestion. If you try to shoot the ball at the goal, it might go in. That's where I was. I was at this thing. Have they considered that maybe a good strategy for this sport? Again, I, I don't understand it. I'm not. I'm a novice here, but it didn't seem like they were actually, you know. Trying I think to. The, the, the toughest thing for Rutgers is you go down one nothing, you get the two goals, you take the lead, and then they give up the late goal to force overtime, and then the losing shootouts. I mean, everyone hates penalty shots. So, uh, really difficult loss. But, hey, Big Ten tournament champions, um, tremendous season. So, they, they, they accomplished a lot. They're part of the lore of the athletic department forever. All right. Uh, anything else? Well, women's basketball, no C. Vivian Stringer, no problem. 3-0, Sarge. Um where are we? So this is the, we have actually, we didn't talk about the official sure. uh, decision last week. We recorded the podcast before they decided, they made the announcement that C. Vivian Stringer would, would not coach this year. Um, but where are we stand on this, Sarge? I mean, is, is any develop, is there any chance of development might come before the end of the season where we get some clarity on what's going on? No. Um, <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> All right, there you go. All I want right. to hear it, but no, it's, uh, you know, basically, you know, if there was any, you know, way she was going to retire beforehand, she would have retired. And, there, you know, she took the leave of absence. That's her right. Um, and, you know, there, all the th- things that you wrote about, you know, the, the direction, you know, you know, the future, you know, ha- you know how are they going to kind of build long-term, all those things that you wrote about the next day, uh, you you know I got I got to tell you, there are people inside the you know in, inside Rutgers all agreed with and, but yet it's it's we always said this uh, you know that that you know it was going to be hard you know if she wants to keep on going and I've talked to her I've quoted her, her as saying that she can't imagine doing anything else so it was always go, it's always going to be hard uh, you know Pat Hobbs isn't the first AD who has has, has struggled to to um, to have a you know a, a, a plan and, and have her stick to it uh that's a problem i mean he actually thought that he did with the contract and making her the you know an ambassador after she uh, gives up coaching and she has no intentions of, of of giving up the whistle and not coaching again so um now we'll say this though, sorry it's one thing that she said to me I and mean, i talked to her like april 17th and said and she's gave that same quote i can't imagine i don't have golf clubs i can't imagine doing anything other than coach i mean by all accounts, she left the building a couple of days later. Yeah, yeah. It's just I, that's not that's a terrible look. That's a really it's a bad look. It, it, that, 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 that's the, the thing that if you're – and again, you know, COVID is a tricky thing and keeping – staying healthy and all that other stuff is it's tricky. Um, but, yeah, the timing of it is bad. All right, what else do we got? Anything else, Cratch? What, what are we missing? 
women's, women's soccer. soccer. Yeah, First round, NCAA went over Bucknell. They move on. So I think there's going to be uh, – the way I, I think they'll host two games potentially this coming weekend. So uh, they do move on in the NCAA tournament and move a step closer to getting back to the College Cup and potentially contending for a national title. Um, I think that's wrestling – Swept the quad down in, at North Carolina. They're six and zero. They're rolling, so they're they, they're off, and then they're going to have their first kind of marquee match of the season, uh, November twenty seventh at the Prudential Center. They're going to wrestle North Carolina and Hofstra. Don't know how many people will be there because obviously you've got a pretty big football game at some point that day. We should potentially get a kickoff time uh, today, or they might six day option it. So uh, a lot going on there. So yeah, you know everything's kind. We're kind of in that super busy period but before we know it things are going to kind of slow down and it's going to be all winter sports i i, I got one i got you one got guys one? okay yeah what do you got so no one cares about the new media setup but uh, it, it is different now they, they you know we're not allowed on the floor the old uh, media setup was down on the floor now we're we're up in like uh we're on top of the you know we're basically on top of the roof now i mean it's it's not good the the new media media setup is isn't good, but you know, no one you know really cares about our plight. I will say this: Politi, Steve Politi was the first person to buy a Jersey Mike subs after they donated. How about that? Yes, twenty-eight million dollars. Uh, the the first uh, at, at, you know the first men's basketball game. He was the first one online. Six o'clock, basically at like five forty. He was he was out there with a you know yeah. like trying to order, it, and then he got it at six o'clock. He was the first one. He paid for my sub. It wasn't good. And I like Jersey Mike subs. I'm not a food critic, but I do like Jersey Mike subs. Um, the problem is, you know, they wrap it up and they, 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 uh, I don't know what, what they're going to have to do. And we should dedicate like a full podcast on like our, our suggestions on this. I think the fans would love to hear this, but you know, mm. it was, the bread was cold. They had it in the refrigerator and it just wasn't, if this is, you know, you know what you're trying to do to kind of advertise and get people to kind of keep, I, I, I don't have a whole lot of hope wow. for Mike subs long-term because if that's your impression, if the 8,000 fans, uh, you know, come away, you know, thinking Ooh. this is your product, it's just, it wasn't fresh. It wasn't like all the good things about Mike subs. It wasn't good. So, you know, I didn't uh, expect you know, this. Any, any I thoughts, didn't expect uh, this flamethrower to come at the end of the podcast. I, 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 ordered, I made a mistake. I ordered poorly. I got the, I got the Philly cheesesteak, which was not, you had the problem with your bread was cold. Mine was just warm when you want it to be hot. That was my yeah. mistake. I would, I would try again. Crash, what do you I'm think? not going to just, wait, wait. I'm not going to destroy the entire chain based on <laughs> one sandwich before the Rutgers Lehigh game, as you just did, did. after a game I Rutgers, $28 million. You know what? Pat, can you imagine Pat Hobbs getting a call from his office? I was getting this. I was getting, we're getting killed on a podcast. <laughs> this poor guy finally negotiates. The, the building's been there since 1976 with no name on. Finally gets $28 million. I just destroyed the entire company based it, on it, one it just wasn't. Cup. It was Crash. soggy. It just wasn't good. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Did they have forks and knives at the rack when you guys were there at the <laughs> Jersey Mike's Arena? All right, this is all right. I guess I'll tell. This is pretty funny. So I covered the women's basketball game the night before, and I had the media set up, and they had good media dinner and everything. But I just couldn't find like a plastic fork and knife. So I said, "Okay, no worries. Let me go down to the concourse." So I go to the concourse. I go, "Hey, you guys got forks and knives?" I'm like, "They're like, no, we don't." And like, it was very short. Like, no, we don't. Okay. So I go over to the Dippin' Dots lady. She's got a spoon. I'm like, okay, you know, I can make do. You can eat mac and cheese with a spoon. Green beans, a little bit difficult. You know, chicken, you know, you can kind of, you know, get in there. So anyway, so I get back to my press seat. And I look down and, and Dom Savino, who's all over the place for BTN Plus and Rutgers in stadium host. He's got his meal. 
he's got a spoon too. I'm like, okay, he did the same thing. Mark Peterson starts to walk up to the radio booth. He's got his thing with a spoon too. And I was like, we're all sitting here at the rack eating chicken with a spoon. Should have gotten some Dippin' Dops, the ice cream in the future. I probably should. You know, I, you know, I probably should have done that. So, yeah. uh, but hey, you know, like, look, I, not this problem. The Jersey Mike's Arena really hasn't had a big crowd in two years, so you know it's still you know open, night opening. But I just thought that was kind of funny that all three of us came to the same conclusion of let's go get a spoon from the Dippin' Dots lady. Love it. All right, good stuff. Behind the scenes look at our glamorous lives as sports writers at the at Jersey Mike's Arena. All right, that's it. Let's start off here. We'll be back after, next week to talk about the as Keith Sargent predicts historic. Rutgers victory over Penn State. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Devco. Thanks to everybody, Rutgers Insider, who subscribes. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Rutgers Rant. To participate in the conversation and receive live updates about the Scarlet Knights directly to your phone, sign up at nj.com insider.